A farmer's time is valuable. That's why Blaine's Farm and Fleet has made shopping for your must-haves quick and easy. Simply order online at farmandfleet.com and pick up your items in just one hour in their convenient drive-thru. Or try Farm and Fleet's same-day local delivery option. Trailer service and more. I-39 supply. It's Wisconsin's most complete farm show. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Yeah, and getting ready to bid farewell to the month of September. How are you? Five minutes after five o'clock as we roll into a Wednesday today, the 30th day of September. Today, there will be a Forge uh, Super Bowl contest happening online if you're kind of trying to put together the pieces without World Dairy Expo. Of course, we've got our World Dairy Expo review coming up after 5.30. Today, our guest is Kimberly Everett. She is the Director of Business Development for Save Cows Network, longtime exhibitor at World Dairy Expo. We're going to visit with her on how they're kind of keeping time now that the big show is not happening. No shows, for that matter, happening for a lot of our exhibitors. Today, weather-wise, about a 50% chance of rain. We'll top out around 58. Tomorrow, down to 50. And Friday, not much better than 49 degrees. Stu Mocker, Ag Meteorologist, of course, has weather details coming up. A history of success means proven performance. But let's call performance what it is. Profitability. And boosting yours, no matter what the season brings, is the goal of DeKalb brand corn. Backed by exclusive genetics, whole farm solutions, and unmatched dealer support. Let nothing shake your perseverance. Ask your dealer how DeKalb brand corn can help you realize a future of performance. Always read and follow IRM where applicable. Grain marketing and all other stewardship practices and pesticide label directions. In this world of cancellations and postponements, it's good that some things in the world of agriculture are happening. Bob Bosol at the northern end of the world's longest barn. And Josh, you got to State Fair Park where there was some activity. <laughs> Bob, I can't begin to tell you how excited I was to actually go to an event that was happening in person. Josh Scramlin here at the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison. And World Beef Expo took place this past week, and it was the 28th annual World Beef Expo. And as you said, it's a world where everything's going virtual, or it's getting postponed, or it just, it just doesn't happen. It gets canceled. So I made the trek over to Wisconsin State Fair Park in West Dallas for Beef Expo. And I spoke with World Beef Expo President Jim Wren. So him and I were talking and it was kind of nice to just look around and see people leading cattle around or there were stock trailers all over the place. It was like this little bubble uh, of what felt like what we had before coronavirus, even though we knew on the outside, things might not necessarily be that way. So I asked Jim, just how great did it feel to see it up and running and have World Beef Expo? It's awesome. Um, It's great to see everybody here. We have a lot of different states here. And probably the biggest compliment we've gotten as board members is we're so glad you had the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I'm sure you've been hearing from a lot of folks saying this is the first time we've loaded up the trailer the whole year. Yeah, first time they've loaded up or, you know, it's the second show or whatever. This is our favorite show. We're always glad to come here. Um, it's been outstanding to see everybody happy and, and having a great time showing cattle. Yeah. So you were talking about different states. So if I remember correctly, I think last year you had 18 different states. Did it go up? Did it go down? Right now we're at 25 different states. So um, I think with a number of other shows canceling in in 2021 already, um, they were excited to come to World Beef Expo. Yeah, Yeah, because let's backtrack a little bit. I mean, this was no easy feat. You look around, you guys do make it look seamless, but you went through a lot to make this happen. Yes. Um, obviously, as anything, you know, you have to worry. Is is something going to change through the state? Is there going to be more uh, restrictions or anything like that? 
and it was a lot of work and we have a great team a great bunch of board members that made it all work and it's it's no small feat but we're glad to be having world beef expo yeah and what what was the most difficult part because i'm just curious because so many people just didn't have the event but you went through with it but from an organization standpoint and the way the world is what what were some of the obstacles that you did have to go through probably one of the biggest things was liability and how are we going to make sure that everybody's safe on the grounds and able to still show cattle um, and, and make this work? We, we were, obviously, we are concerned about our exhibitors and want everybody to be safe while they're here. So to try and logistically figure out how can we play stalling, how can we put them in the barn, how can we you know, give them six feet, you know, that we still have a, a state mandate that we have to follow. So we wanted to be safe. We... And, it was no easy feat to try and figure out, okay, do we limit the number of cattle? Um, and with sponsorship and, and trying to figure all that out, we're just glad we got it done and had a great show. That's that's interesting. So did you think about limiting the number of cattle and then it that obviously wasn't the route to go? Well, we did think about limiting, be, limiting because we thought, well, if we're the only one that has a show, we might have to limit it. So we did have a magic number that if it got above, that we were going to have to limit. What you was know? the number? Um, it was at 1,500, okay. where we had to say, all right, do we add more? Because then it goes into more buildings on the grounds, mm-hmm. more money, because as you know, fixed costs never change. Mm-hmm. So there's still rent, there's still mulch. Um, all those costs are still the same whether we have the show or not. So. We would lose money if we didn't have the show, and we would lose money um, if we over-budgeted and didn't have it. So it was a tight-knit, trying to figure out budgets and make everything work to put the show on. You don't have to divulge your financial records to me, but I am curious. Financially, are you guys, by having the show this year, is World Beef Expo in okay shape? We're in okay shape. Um, it'll be close. It, it, we don't do this to make money. Um, everybody here is volunteer except for our executive director is a paid person. So essentially what we do is try and break even and maybe have a, a, a slush or for a rainy day or, you know, some other expenses because, you know, they continue on throughout the year. So, but right now it's obviously early. Um, we have a lot of expenses that still have to be paid. Um, the state fair bill is, is obviously one of our bigger ones. Mm-hmm. And um, so it'll, it'll be close. It'll be closed. One question I did think of: What do you know? Do you know the final uh, number of uh, cattle that you had? Number of exhibitors, or like a ballpark? It doesn't have to be exact. Um, for open, we had over six hundred, and the same for juniors was over six hundred, and about five hundred, um, five hundred and forty-five exhibitors. So. Uh, Jim Wren, president of World Beef Expo, chatting with me right there. Uh, So like Jim said, there are exhibitors from 25 states here at Beef Expo on the Wisconsin State Fairgrounds. So last year there was 18. This year they actually picked up seven more states. And I was walking around the barns and trying to figure out, okay, who exactly can I talk to from a different state? And coincidentally, I ran into uh, some folks that I grew up with. The McKay family of Holly, Michigan, my hometown, uh, didn't even know that they were going to be here. Uh, so I'm standing here with Gordy McKay. You guys brought out some cattle and did pretty well, it looks it, uh, just judging by the banners. But Gordy, at what point did you guys decide, okay, we are still coming to World Beef Expo this year? When we left here last year, 
Uh, we had such a good time. The facilities are outstanding. The people that put on the show do a great job. Uh, just, just was a really, really fun time for the family last year, and we did well. Uh, we had a heifer down here last year that won uh, reserve champion key. So uh, we brought her back again this year. But when we left the parking lot, we were pretty excited about coming back for next year. And then, like I say, having that heifer. And then she had a calf. We brought her back this year, and uh, we ended up winning cow-calf pair. And we get to be under the lights tonight for final drive. It's pretty exciting. Nice. Well, then, yeah, it definitely worked out good that you came. And I'm sure it was something that you were probably watching for updates to see are they actually going to do it because most things just got canceled entirely. Well, that's yeah, that's, that's exactly true. Um, like I say, I called a friend of mine that's on the board here in mid-July, and he told me that he'd just gotten out of a meeting, and at that time they were definitely planning on putting the show on. And then um, I just kind of contacted him here a month ago just for the final, you know, information. And they were going to do it unless they got shut down. And like I say, they've done a phenomenal job. It probably feels good to actually be in an actual livestock show. Well, the environment, it's just fun to be with people that do what we do every day. And we've been doing this every day from the day, you know, the, the pandemic hit. Our lives really haven't changed. We're, we're making food and, and growing our products and growing food and doing what we do every day. Yeah. And obviously they had to make a few changes here and there. But for the most part, would you say this, the uh, World Beef Expo has gone smoothly? Yeah. The only difference this year is um, a lot of your uh, vendors are outside or they're in um, open air bu- buildings where last year they were in one combined building. And uh, you know they were all enclosed, and you could go in there, and it was like a big, um, uh, like a big exhibit hall. Well, now they're scattered all around the fairgrounds at different areas, which is nice. And actually, the vendor we're sitting here next to right now, he's damn near sold out of all his products. I mean, it's been a really, really good week for him. And uh, so, yeah, it's been really good. Other than the only thing we've missed is the meals that were put on by the um, well, the, uh, the Cattlemen's Association put on a dinner for us for all the exhibitors. And then there was another organization, I don't remember who it was, but they put on a dinner. So for two nights, we had dinners that were supplied, you know, for all the exhibitors, where this year we've all had to kind of fend for ourselves. And then going back to something we were talking about earlier, I'm assuming that this is probably one of the first shows of this, well, now it's technically fall, but this is probably one of the first shows of the entire year for you. Yeah, it's the one to get you getting ready for, um, you know, going into the fall because you bring all your new babies out. We brought a new uh, homegrown bull in for the show this year and ended up winning his breed so that's another animal we get to go into the ring for and uh get it get to go under the lights for a supreme champion bull which is exciting being a homegrown so yeah that's the first time he's been out and on the farm and we're hoping we'll be able to exhibit him more you know maybe louisville i think denver's been shut down this year yeah i don't know on that one yeah, I know I think, louisville's happening. yeah louisville right now they're planning on doing louisville it's going to be different mm-hmm. so right now we're kind of planning on going down there but we haven't made a decision yet as a family Something I just thought about is, you know, you had all this time to, like, get them prepared. There weren't any shows. Were they more prepared than ever before, or was it weird because you weren't going out and showing them and not working with them as much? No, you got to work with them to get hair on them and make them look presentable. But it's tough in the middle of the summer anyway, and this is being a show that's, you know, early fall. You got to work really hard to have them looking presentable at a show this early in the season. You know, later in the fall, they start naturally growing hair and stuff. So, y'all, we've been we've been prepping for this show for about six, eight weeks. We've been getting ready. Overall, are you happy you came to World Beef Expo? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, this is a, an outstanding, like I say, it's an outstanding show. Like I say, the facilities are, are, are just incredible, and the people putting on the show are, are extremely knowledgeable, and they, they enjoy what they're doing. 
Gordy, good luck to you. All right, thanks, man. That's Gordy McKay of McKay Farms in Holly, Michigan. That is southeastern Michigan, about an hour north of Detroit. They made the six-and-a-half-hour, seven-hour drive out here to Wisconsin for World Beef Expo. As you heard Gordy say, it was one of the only times they knew that they were going to be able to load up the trailer and show their cattle this year. So they wanted to take full advantage of that. World Beef Expo happened this past weekend. And as I said earlier, by all accounts, things went off without a hitch. For the Midwest Farm Report, I'm Josh Scramlin. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Keys, doorknob, elevator buttons, car door, steering wheel, grocery cart, food, food, debit card, that card reader thing, keypad, bags, keys, trunk. In one trip to the store, you touch a lot. That's why I wash my hands for 20 seconds every time. I do it to protect my mom from COVID-19, but it helps everyone in Wisconsin. Find out how to protect the people around you at dhs.wisconsin.gov COVID-19. Here's a pop quiz for corn growers. Of the top three seed corn brands in the central corn belt, only one is 100% focused on seed corn. U.S. farm family owned and got there without the help of a parent company. Any guesses? That's right. Wiffles Hybrids. Officially making them the grown-up in the field. Wiffles Hybrids. One thing done right. Say, have you heard of the Wisconsin Farm Bureau Federation? Yes, it's a grassroots organization of people just like you that care about keeping agriculture strong. By joining Farm Bureau, you also qualify for a number of money-saving member benefits on equipment, autos, travel, and insurance. Get more details at WFBF.com. A voice for farmers, vision for agriculture, Wisconsin Farm Bureau. Rural Mutual is the number one farm insurer in Wisconsin for a good reason. As a company founded by farmers, they understand the ag industry and its challenges. Local agents offer farm families the best advice and personalized coverage. Visit RuralMutual.com to find an agent near you. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. She's sweeter than a glass of chocolate milk and louder than a morning rooster. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Almost 520 now as we roll our way into another cloudy, cool Wednesday around the state of Wisconsin saying goodbye to September. Let's say hello to Stu Mock, our ag meteorologist. Yeah, you know, I was mentioning when I was doing TV this morning that this feels just like World Dairy Expo weather. You know, kind of cloudy, kind of overcast, a little on the chilly side. But that usually brought good crowds to the show because uh, you weren't uh, getting a whole lot done out in the fields. Now, yesterday you said that any of this rain that's been kind of moving through our area wasn't likely to slow us down big time in the fields. Are you sticking to that? Yeah, it really looks that way, Pam. I mean, a tenth of an inch here, tenth of an inch there, you know, that's not a big deal. Oh, sure, it can add up in some of those spots where it's just not going to work. But as an overall rule, not a big storm. We're not going to suddenly add an inch of rain or anything like that. A cool front's dropping southeastern Wisconsin this morning. And you look at the weather radar and you see the rain out to the west. Far northwest Wisconsin and to east central parts of Minnesota. 
and further to our west and southwest across northern and eastern Iowa, just starting to edge into far southwest Wisconsin and into western parts of Illinois. What we expect during the day is that cool front drops further south and east will be rain developing first at La Crosse and Mauston, of course, and, and then spreading further east, scattered showers, the possibility of a thunderstorm. You may hear a rumble of thunder, and you could see a tenth of an inch of rain. That would be about the most of it. Otherwise, it stays more breezy today, and winds begin turning to the west and the northwest, and that starts to usher in that cooler air. So although temperatures don't stay too far from normal today, they will get cooler definitely as we head on toward Thursday and Friday. And in fact, late Thursday night, early Friday, I think we have to talk about some frost possibility, something in the garden or some plants in the backyard you want to take care of. Make sure Thursday night and Friday morning you cover them up. And there's a better chance beyond that that we start warming up for next week and things will be fine once again. I'll have forecast details right after this. Keeping Wisconsin strong. Are you paying too much for health insurance? Rural Mutual Insurance can help you find the best options for individual, group, vision, dental, and Medicare. Call your local Rural Mutual agent to see how you can save. Rural Mutual Insurance. Keeping Wisconsin strong. Hey, there goes Pam Yonke in her suburban truck across Wisconsin. Thanks to Blaine's Farm and Fleet, the original, authentic, still family-owned since 1965. And by your Dairy Farmers of Wisconsin. Dairy Farmers of Wisconsin exists to be a tireless advocate, marketer, and promoter for Wisconsin dairy farmers by growing demand for their dairy products. Keep up with Pam on social media, Fabulous Farm Babe on Facebook and Twitter, and at MidwestFarmReport.com. Roll it up on 523. Go ahead with that forecast, Stu. All right. Well, I'd rather not talk about some of it. But let's talk of scattered showers, possibly even a thunderstorm developing today with more partly sunny skies. A breezy day, going to feel cool, no doubt at all. In fact, I expect upper high, upper highs. Yeah, that's a good one. Highs today in the upper 50s, maybe a low 60 at La Crosse. And winds out of the northwest will be kicking up 5 to 15, even some gusts up toward 25 or 30, a tenth of an inch or so. That's all for rain. Still a slight chance of rain into the nighttime, mostly cloudy. We fall back down in the mid-40s. The west winds at 5 to 15. Partly sunny on Thursday. Could be an afternoon shower, even a slight chance of a thunderstorm. Mid-50s, low and mid-50s. Northwest winds at 5 to 10. And then that frost possibility, late Thursday night or into Friday morning, some patchy frost, otherwise a mostly sunny day, and it does sound a little cooler. In fact, Friday, if we see around 50, 52 at the most, that's all we can ask for. The north wind's about 5 to 10. The weekend, Pam, starts to turn around, maybe another rain chance Saturday, Saturday night. But into next week, I see some 60s back here, back to normal or so. Yeah, and it's staying dry next week with the warmer temps, you think? Looks that way. Once we get it started up, I think it will dry out again. So, you know, Mm -hmm. more progress. Keep on pushing. Yep, we will. We will for sure. Thanks, Stu. We'll talk to you tomorrow.
You bet. Have a good day. Stumach, our ag meteorologist with the weather details you're looking for. And, you know, yeah, like you said, almost, well, basically everybody is in line for showers. Uh, Beaver Dam, you might be the head of the pack as far as when it shows up. Looks like by 8 a.m. this morning, you're going to have rain. Lacrosse, you're starting off this morning with overcast skies currently at 48 degrees. Mauston is clear and 48. Fond du Lac at the airport, clear skies and 48 degrees. Beaver Dam, clear and 45. Eau Claire already has rain. There at 45. Here at Madison, uh, we've got clear skies at the airport anyhow, and 48 degrees. Coming up after 5.30, again, World Dairy Expo Review, our emphasis this week, talking with a longtime exhibitor from the World Dairy Expo after 5.30. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Say, have you heard of the Wisconsin Farm Bureau Federation? Yes, it's a grassroots organization of people just like you that care about keeping agriculture strong. By joining Farm Bureau, you also qualify for a number of money-saving member benefits on equipment, autos, travel, and insurance. Get more details at WFBF.com. A voice for farmers, vision for agriculture, Wisconsin Farm Bureau. Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. If you're interested in a rewarding career with a strong Wisconsin company, Rural Mutual Insurance is looking to add to their growing team of successful employees and agents. Apply online today at ruralmutual.com slash careers. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. In Wisconsin, recent crash data show that someone is injured or killed in a crash involving an inattentive driver every 46 minutes. Cell phones usually make our lives easier, but when they're misused, serious harm can result. Drivers who read and send text messages while they drive endanger all of us and can cause catastrophic injuries. At Clifford & Rihala, we help people who have been injured by distracted drivers and we know how common that negligence is. Clifford and Rihala urges you, please don't text while you drive. By making smart choices on the road, you can protect yourself and help prevent crashes. If you've been injured by a distracted driver, call us. We'll help you. For relentless dedication to helping you and your family, choose Clifford and Rihala, hardworking, skilled attorneys fighting for you. For justice, myjustice.com. Need to schedule plumbing, HVAC, or electrical service, but are too busy to call during the day? The Dave Jones team makes scheduling convenient. Just text them and get connected directly to their service team. Send them a text at the same number you'd call, and Dave Jones will promptly get you on the schedule. After all, Dave Jones is your trusted service partner. Dave Jones. DaveJonesInc.com. Battles aren't won solely on the field. That's a common misconception. Battles are won within. Over enemies of fear. Enemies of doubt. In that place where promises are kept. Promises to oneself. This is 
Promises to one's community. Healthy people move debris out of their house. Promises to one's country. In the heart of every Marine, you'll find a promise. A promise forever kept. A promise of battles won. A trusting family gives its members the support they need to make it through life. You could say the same about Compel Consulting. They're your most trusted provider of computer services, combining personalized service with affordable solutions for business owners right here in Madison. And they respond to their customers' computer problems within 60 minutes or less. Schedule a free technology assessment with Compel today and be more productive tomorrow. Visit CompelNetworks.com. Compel Consulting, professional IT solutions, just like having family in the IT biz. Who was your hero when you were a kid? Whether it was Joe DiMaggio or Jackie Robinson. Rosa Parks or Sally Ride. Bogart or Brando. You're just the right age to do something important that you can be remembered for. Even if you're in your 50s, 60s, 70s, or beyond, you can register to become an organ and tissue donor. Surprised? You shouldn't be. Today, people of all ages and even with health conditions can sign up to donate the gift of life. And it's so important. Every age, every ethnicity is needed. If we all signed up, imagine the lives we could save. The families we could help. So whether you admire John Wayne or James Dean, Robert Redford or Roberto Clemente, Elvis Presley or Ella Fitzgerald, do something important that could make a real difference and change lives. Get the facts today and register to become an organ donor. Find out how at organdonor.gov or call 1-866-99-DONATE. A message from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Health Resources and Services Administration. Oh, the Brewers? Ay, Dios mío. So you have Corbin Burns, who's now on the IL, with a, what, left oblique strain? You have Brett Anderson with a blister again. He's done. You have Brandon Woodruff and who? Who? Who was going to have game two? Who's going to have game one? All right, Rowdy. So you said, I want Brandon Woodruff to go out there tomorrow night at 9 o'clock when it's 98 degrees out there as California burns. I want Brandon Woodruff out there on the mound opposite of Clayton Kershaw. Rowdy's like, I don't know. I think I want someone else. Don't tell me it's Josh Lindblom. It wouldn't be Josh Lindblom. It could be Brett Suter. I'm with RJ on this one. You're going to a bullpen game? That's, that's three innings you eat up there. Uh, Just like the first game of the doubleheader on Friday. Yeah. I mean, I'm sorry, but... RJ, it's 2020. We don't apologize. Give me a guy who will be untouchable for three innings. And really, name a time when in the first three innings, when he goes through the batting order once, that he's been touched up, like over maybe giving up one home run because a guy... Well, if you're giving up, just swing at, if you're giving uh, up one home pitch. run, what I mean, whatever. But ha- has he ever really had huge blowups that take you out of games during his starts? No, I mean he gives up a okay a, a home run or you know a run crosses and then oh, wow. he shuts down. And it's not going to the... be it's not going to be Clayton Kershaw. It's Walker Bueller. It is Walker yeah. Bueller. So this is this is the thing. I'm with RJ. I think I would go with Brent Suter to start and hope we get three innings out of him and then bullpen piece it together from there. Mm-hmm. My reasoning being 
One, it's pretty freaking tough to come up with a three-man rotation when your top three, two of them are going to be out for the series. <laughs> Jesus. And, and the other two that are in your, your starting rotation, you would probably be pretty all right with never pitching in the playoffs. Is uh, Just because yeah. Peralta going to be back from yeah, he's back. bereavement? He's back. Paternity bereavement he's back. or whatever? Yeah, he's back. Okay. So uh, now you, have, you do have Freddie Peralta. I know he threw, was that on Sunday? But again, that was Sunday. This will be Wednesday. That's three days rest. That shouldn't matter too much for him. I think. That's uh, why I didn't know. I was golfing during the game. So I giving I giving Brent Suter at all. Well, Lonnie Dom, I'm whistling <laughs> straights. Golfing, love you. Irish course. <laughs> Bringing giving Brent Suter the start and letting him piece together at least three innings and then going from there, mm-hmm. I think would be your best plan of attack because one, the Brewers hit Walker Bueller pretty well. Yeah, right? totally. actually, yeah, in, in like career numbers, they've hit him pretty well. Now, granted. He's a great he's a great young starter, no yep. doubt about that. So he could obviously go nine innings and, and beat the Brewers one to nothing. I wouldn't, that wouldn't be surprising in the least. Yep. But career numbers, Brewers hit Walker Beeler pretty well. If you use the bullpen, piece the thing together, get the matchups you want. I like that. Then you go to I game like two. That. You go to game two, you look at it's Kershaw. Then, then I would bring in Woodruff. Because you, okay. you have your <laughs> you have your best two pitchers going at it. Yep. All right. And and Woodruff's been money. Now Kershaw's a lefty. Mm-hmm. What do the, the, they, Brewers, the Brewers hit lefties? Who happen to stink hitting just in general? Our yep. top good. ten in the league OPS wise and batting average against lefties. Why not try and piece one together against a guy that we know is good, but you hit him well, mm-hmm. and then try and go your best lefty or hitting lefties versus your best pitcher. Yep. All right. So I, I feel like that would try to make it two toss ups instead like of that. two games yeah. where and you, you know might what else? lose both. You right. know what I also like about Suter potentially starting uh, tomorrow night? Brent Suter goes through an inning in like a minute. Yeah. He's the fastest pitcher on the mound in the majors. Those first three innings will be done in a half hour. <laughs> Tops. Because the Brewers aren't getting hits. I bet you they could be the fourth. I bet you could be done in about 15 minutes. <laughs> and that would be perfect for a guy that gets up at 4 a.m. really early. If yep. Brent Suter is on there dealing, that man. Innings just fly by with Brent Suter. He literally is like already pitching, and the batter's like, "Whoa, I'm just gonna warm up here." Look at that. So, Browdy, do your point though. Last on Friday in that first doubleheader against the Cardinal, or the doubleheader against the Cardinals in the first game, Brent Suter went four innings, gave up two hits, no runs, struck out four, and then it went Devin Williams and then Josh Hader. And, and now that was a seven inning game. They'll be back to nine. But Freddie yeah. Brewers will three be available. Nothing. Yeah, There's, that could be another three innings for you. You have the you'll have more fresh guys since you haven't played since Sunday, so you could have a, a full on bullpen game. And I just think it, it it makes sense to try and come up with the best matchups. You know, using the lefty, using the righty, whatever, because you're facing Walker Bueller. We all know Walker Bueller's good, but, but they no hit Kershaw. him well. If you need to know about farming, then you need to know Pam Yonke. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. More clouds on the way today. We're going to touch out around 59, 40% chance of showers. Tomorrow we cool down to 55. Friday, not much better than 50 degrees for our daytime high. Hey, did you know on this day, September 30th, back 1859, Abraham Lincoln spoke at the Wisconsin State Fair. In his speech, he actually connected agriculture and education. Lincoln said, every blade of grass is a study, and to produce two where there was but one is both a profit and a pleasure. Abraham Lincoln speaking at the Wisconsin State Fair this day, 
1859. And now you know. I'm Pam Yonke. Now, from the Landmark Services Cooperative Agri-News Desk, here's what's happening on a Wednesday. And we continue our World Dairy Expo review, brought to you courtesy of World Dairy Expo and Dairy Farmers of Wisconsin. No granddaddy of the dairy shows this year, but we're taking a look back at what that show means, not just to the state of Wisconsin as an economic driver, but to many folks in the dairy industry in the state and around the world. One of those we're visiting with this week, Kimberly Everett. She's the Director of Business Development at Save Cows Network in Baraboo. They've been a long-time exhibitor at World Dairy Expo, and just like the rest of us, they're missing the show. Kimberly tells us a little bit more about Save Cows Network. Thank you, and thank you for having me, Pam. Um, the Safe Cows Network is a group of companies that service the hoof health industry. So we have a company specifically for the needs of hoof trimming equipment, hoof, hoof care products. We have a company that focuses more on the educational side of hoof trimming, you know, the proper method of hoof trimming on farm when the cow's in that chute. Um, we have a company devoted to consulting, so we travel travel internationally. We're involved in over 70 countries at this point, whether that's consulting or on-farm training. And then, of course, we also have the manufacturing facility that's based here in Baraboo that manufactures that equipment exclusively for those companies. Well. Excellent. Now, you mentioned that international element. So obviously that makes perfect sense that uh, Save Cows Network would be so engaged at World Dairy Expo. How long have you been exhibiting? How long has that relationship been in place? We have been exhibiting at World Dairy Expo for 30 years. This year would have been our 31st year. Wow, that's a long time. Tell me a little bit about why that show is so important to Save Cows Network. We exhibit every year really for the sole purpose of making and building those connections. And I say connections kind of loosely in that we're connecting with the show attendees, the people that walk down the aisles every day and want to learn what's new in the industry. But we're also making connections with the fellow exhibitors, um, the people who are booths next to us. We, you know, we hang out with them all week. Um, you make a lot of relationships that way and build on a lot of trust that way. So just forming those connections for a week-long event is something we don't get the opportunity to do anytime else during the year. Uh, during the year. So that's super important to us. You know, then And uh, for anybody that's been at the show, if you're an exhibitor, it is a marathon, not a sprint. How do you, you kind of get the staff ready for uh, those days of uh, aggressive standing, visiting, you know, point educating in multiple languages sometimes? Yes. Um, uh, first and foremost, extremely comfortable carpet. <laughs> That's important. We have so many people that stop in our booths because we have comfortable carpet. But it is important because you are on your feet all day long and you know, when you when you look at it at face value, it sounds like oh, we're not we're not doing much that day. You're just standing around talking to people, but it is exhausting. So to to um, kind of help our staff out, you know, we encourage breaks. Go get a grilled cheese at the grilled cheese stand. Go get some ice cream from the GAA booth. 
um, and get off your feet every once in a while. But really, it's a great week, and everyone and staff yeah. really looks forward to it. Yeah, I agree. I hear you. And we're being joined today by Kimberly Everett. She's the Director of Business Development for Save Cows Network. Uh, over 30 years that they have been exhibiting at World Dairy Expo, they're headquartered right there in Baraboo. Talk to me about the relationships that you uh, find at World Dairy Expo. You mentioned it earlier, Kimberly, about it's not just the people that come past the booths. It's those folks that you're next to for the entire show. But it's also uh, those repeaters that come back and share their stories with you. I mean, uh, they may not be buying anything today, but they're sure happy to tell you about the successes they've had in the past. Yeah, I love hearing the stories of the people that come by the booths. You know, you have you have all different kinds of dairy producers that walk by. We have the 70-plus-year-olds that have been at it for years on end, and they just want someone to talk to and hear their story, and I love speaking with them. And then you have the really innovative, large dairy producers that is just really exciting to network with these leaders in the industry that we don't get to talk to on a regular basis. Well, and then the idea exchange, uh, that's the hard part about virtual versus face-to-face. Uh, you can learn so much about a person sta- just standing and visiting with them about their operation, or they may peak uh, an idea that can get worked on in the future. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. So how are you managing at Save Cows Network in Baraboo without World Dairy Expo this year? What, does, what, does, what do things look like now, Kimberly? Yeah, it's really weird to not be down in Madison this week. Um, you know, today I would be prepping the final checklist of do we have everything we need for in the booth. Uh, but to devote that time elsewhere, we're really focusing on still trying to make those connections, even though we can't be with people in person right now. You know, increasing our, our presence on social media, reaching out to customers, making sure they're doing well and are taken care of, um, offering significant product discounts to those producers, too. As we all know, uh, the dairy producers were faced with a really hard 2020, like many others, so trying to give them significant discounts to help them out in that hard time. And, um, yeah, just trying to keep ourselves busy. I think we're doing pretty good at it. (laughs) What are you hearing, Kimberly, from those dairies? You know, they're they're isolated now just like the rest of us, uh, not able to have the camaraderie of the friends that they would see if they came to the show. Uh, Just that conversation, are you finding that still therapeutic? I think so. I've noticed more and more that producers are are talking, taking a little bit more time on the phone, seeing how we're doing here in Baraboo, and we're taking the time to check in on them wherever they may be, whether it's Texas, New York, Minnesota, Japan, um, you know, South Africa. We have we have customers all around the world, so they're really taking the time. I think people miss the human interaction, honestly. So right. it's nice. It, it almost forms a little bit more of a camaraderie and uh, an element of, you know, we're all in this together and we're going to get through it at the end. Kimberly Everett, she is the Director of Business Development for Save Cows Network. Again, like she said, missing the show for sure, but looking forward to 2021. You can hear more of my conversation with Kimberly at MidwestFarmReport.com. It's our World Dairy Expo review, brought to you by World Dairy Expo and Dairy Farmers of Wisconsin. Just click on the World Dairy Expo icon on our Facebook page or on our website, and you'll find all our conversations right there.
It's 543. Everybody waking up this morning in the upper 40s, lower 50s. Stick around. Coming up in just a moment, Josh Gramlin's going to give us an update on another crop that's uh, looking pretty good this year, our Wisconsin pumpkin crop. Well, uh, CFAP2, the Coronavirus Food Assistance Program Level 2, is now accepting applications from farms of all types across the state of Wisconsin. Sandy Chalmers, Executive Director of the Wisconsin Farm Service Agency offices that are administering that CFAP program, says that the Round 1 activity was very robust. Remember, CFAP1 looked at a price decline from mid-January to mid-April. So really that immediate demand shock when the economy shut down. Um, Here in Wisconsin, we paid out $523 million on close to 19,000 applications. And about two-thirds of that went to milk production. So really lifting up the dairy sector that took that gut punch when the economy shut down so quickly. Sandy Chalmers, Executive Director, Wisconsin Farm Service Agency offices. You have until December 11th to sign up this time around. We'll be talking more with Sandy a little bit later this week. Markets are mixed in overnight electronic trade. Right now, December corn is currently trading down about two cents at 362. November beans down about a nickel at 988, but July wheat is up two cents at 562. Barrel cheese gained five and a half cents yesterday at 173. 40 pound block cheese was up a quarter at 256 and a half. Double A butter gained three quarters of a cent to $1.51 per pound. And fluid milk contracts. Right now, October's down a penny, 1926. November milk's unchanged at 1858 100 weight pumpkins are next this is the midwest farm report with pam yonke you've been a do-it-yourself for your entire life it's going to be one heck of a party someday it's your life celebration party and you should be the general contractor this is Matt Gunderson. At Gunderson Funeral and Cremation Care, we've been helping plan out life celebrations for nearly 100 years, and it costs nothing to prearrange. Gunderson Funeral and Cremation Care, your hometown life celebration center. Gunderson Funeral Home. Confusion ever someone or have sudden you trouble had speaking, understanding? Understanding trouble? Have you sudden have or speaking someone ever confusion? Have Have you you ever ever had had sudden sudden confusion, confusion, trouble speaking, or or understanding someone? It could be one of the five signs of stroke. Sudden weakness or numbness of the face, arm, or leg. Sudden trouble with vision in one or both eyes. Suddenly having trouble walking or difficulty with balance. Or a sudden intense headache that comes out of nowhere. If you or someone you know has any of these symptoms, don't wait. Call 911 immediately. You could make a difference in someone's life, someone you love, maybe even your own. It's late until, wait, don't too. Don't Don't wait wait until until it's it's too late. late. Time lost is brain lost. Find out more at PowerToEndStroke.org. Brought to you by the American Heart Association, American Stroke Association, and the Ad Council. Be the light. That's my motto. Hi, I'm Scott. Proud employee with EverReady Electric for over 20 years. We want you. Yes, you. We're hiring for journeymen or master electricians, full-time with a hiring bonus of $1,500. Why? Well, we get that transitioning from one job to another has costs, and we're here to support you in a new comfort zone. Join our team and apply online, or call and ask for Linda. She'll amp you up. We're ever ready. 
When asked to name his favorite family members, he asks if the animals in the barn count. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Josh Scramlin. It is the staple of fall for so many reasons. And I am talking about none other than pumpkins, pumpkin pie, jack-o'-lanterns. There's pumpkin-themed everything as we get closer to Halloween. But how exactly is the pumpkin crop in Wisconsin looking this year as people head out to pumpkin patches all across the state? For the Midwest Farm Report, I'm Josh Scramlin. And this morning, I am in Deerfield, Wisconsin at Schuster Farms. I'm talking with Don Schuster, and uh, he's been in the game for about 30 years. He knows everything there is to know about pumpkins. So, Don, how exactly are your pumpkins looking this year? It was it was a challenging year. Um, after three years of, of having lots of rain, I've gotten pretty good with noticing when we're having powdery mildew. Powdery mildew, we were having a problem with that again this year. Uh, I sprayed a lot of fungicides. I started probably spraying in June, and I think the it really paid off. Mm-hmm. Um, I have I not, you know, probably one of the best crops I've ever had. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I you know every time. You plant. I plant probably seventy different varieties of pumpkin squash and gourds, and you know you always have one variety that you know pukes out somewhere along the line. I don't think I had any. Really? Uh, they all seem to do quite well. There's going to be, you know, plenty of everything that I, that I want. So um, it was. A, it was like I said. I spent a lot of time on the tractor. Mm-hmm. Uh, the herbicide this year worked great. Uh, I didn't. I didn't spend much time hoeing like I normally do, so nice. that that was cool. And I'm trying. What what was one of the biggest problems you had? Because I know earlier you were you were griping to me about deer. Deer have been a bit of an issue, but was there anything else that was kind of wreaking havoc on the pumpkins? Deer and bugs. Yeah. Uh, the the cucumber beetle um, was pretty strong at the beginning, but uh, if you get it, you get it on top of them right away. You, know, you don't have them. You know, all all year long. Uh, there's a few. I see one pumpkin over there is full of cucumber beetles, but eh, it's too late in the year. I'm not going to worry about it. Yeah. They're only going after the ones that are soft and that they can go after so they can have those. Mm-hmm. And how many acres of pumpkins do you have in total throughout the whole farm? About 14. 14. Okay. Yeah. And then something that you were saying to me is, go. you know, you got pumpkins at places like here, like the actual patch. And then at the store, you said you've seen that prices have been going up. Yeah, at this local pick and save the other day, prices were like double from what they were a year ago. So I was really surprised. Uh, from talking to people who've been going to the, the produce auctions, they say the prices have been really high. Huh. And they haven't been bringing in as many uh, pumpkins that they and squash as they normally do. So um, from talking to my buddies over in Michigan, sounds like everything is you know fine. There's plenty of pumpkins everywhere. So maybe we just have a little bit of a regional glitch here in, in the this part of the midwest but from you you know from my place if i saw all of them you know we're gonna have a heck of a party you know Uh, there's there's plenty here to sell and and do you notice that more people do they like to pick them themselves i know this year is a little different and i can't remember what the precaution is there but do people like to pick them or do they like to just walk up weigh them and pay for them our our tradition here is 80 percent of them are picked by the customer Mm -hmm. uh this is going to be an interesting year because we have wagons that hold when all wagons are out doing a hayride we can have about 380 390 people on a hayride we can't do that this year because right. we got and, and you know even when they, we put that 300 and whatever person on we still have a waiting line of you know 100 people waiting to get on a ride so if we do do the social distancing thing 
we would be going till midnight every night just to try to get everybody a ride to the patch. So we're going to do hay rides that are just they're going to go you know ten minutes spin around the farm. But if you want to go pick your pumpkin, you still can go pick your pumpkin. You're just going to have to walk out to the patch. Mm-hmm. And we got we just bought more wheelbarrows so people can don't have to carry them and fill up the wheelbarrows mm-hmm. and, and and haul them in. I think even with that, I see a lot of people wanting to do that just because there's nothing else to do wheelbarrow pumpkins sure i then the flower when we sold the flowers mm-hmm. a few weeks ago people just were so happy to get out and walk around and um and you know it's you know, where the flowers were it's close to the woods and mm-hmm. they you know, hear the sounds of the, of the critters in the woods and we had lots of butterflies we didn't we didn't plant them there either they just came in it was pretty right. cool um, but people just and thanked us. Oh, they just thanked us up and down that we, uh, you know, we, we did this flower. We gave them something to do. They got them out of town. The first day we sold, talking to this one couple, and I said, well, where are you from? They go, we're from McGarry, Indiana. I go, wow, must have something going on up here today. I go, nope, we saw this. And we drove all the way up here today. We've been stuck in our house for the last three months. Wow. And I was like, whoa. Well, yeah. I mean, if that's any indication, yeah, I'd be feeling pretty good about it. And then I guess just a couple things before I do let you go. See, I'll be honest. I don't know a whole lot about pumpkins. Pumpkins is not necessarily my forte, but what are a couple things that maybe people don't know about pumpkins that uh, they might find interesting? Well, there's all different colors. That's something that hasn't, you know, you never found a white one until a few years ago. Now you can find pink ones and and um, gray ones and just so many different varieties. So a lot of the one many years ago, I had a guy get off the wagon and he goes, "Oh God, it's taking three years to grow this crop." I go, "No, we just put it in a crop." Oh, I thought it took three years to grow this crop. A lot of people think you just you you think that when you're done with them, you you harvest them and send them to the the, the pumpkin pie factory. It's like no, they just stay here for fertilizer. Yeah. There's only basically one plant in the whole United States that makes all the pumpkin pie. That's Libby's down in uh, Illinois. Mm-hmm. Pretty much. Almost 100 percent of our our pumpkin pie comes from 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 Illinois. So, um, but uh, it, we here have anything from a couple ounce pumpkin to a couple hundred pounds. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're just and then they're all different seed varieties to get you you know get you that. So no, it's not one seed that you throw in the ground and get you know get all these different kinds. Mm-hmm. Okay, one more question, then I will let you go. <laughs> I keep thinking of good ones. How many pumpkins are are there on average per acre? Um, I always keep track of the smaller ones because we do the field trips, and I know how many I have to sell. You get about 6,500 field trip pumpkins out of an acre. Uh, As you go up, uh, jack-o'-lantern size, they're going to be around the 4,000. Well, you heard him. That's Don Schuster, the owner of Schuster's Farm here in Deerfield, Wisconsin, where I'm at right now. And he said that this year is one of the best pumpkin crops that he has ever had in his entire career. And he's been doing this for 30 years. So make sure to get out, support your local pumpkin patches, support your Wisconsin pumpkin producers. And if you want to see pictures of Don's beautiful pumpkins, because they do look really great, you can go to MidwestFarmReport.com. For the Midwest Farm Report, I'm Josh Scramlin. Sign up for daily agriculture updates by joining our email list. Head to Midwest Farm